Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. My life laid down, surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been 
faithful to anyone this morning let him know it this morning let him know <laughs> yes Chapter 24. Starting at verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise, the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And behold, I send the promise. As they're being dismissed, I just want to uh, give you a little word of encouragement. I had a, uh, a great weekend, got to meet with a couple this week and uh, here in the, in the near future, we're getting ready to start and launch a young adult ministry in the church. Excited about that. We're going to, uh, we're going to, we got that weird age. Everybody says, what's young adults? And that was one of the last things we talked about leaving the room. And I said, we'll try to keep it like 40 and under. So young adults can go. Uh, if you feel like you're 60 and young and you want to go, you can do that. But we're, we're going to say 40 and under, but we're excited about that. We're going to get together here again soon and kind of figure out a launch for that, but uh, excited to launch a young adult ministry. Amen? Amen. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. One thing about the Spirit-filled life, more than just gifts, is the fact that is the change of life it gives us. He said to wait on the Holy Spirit until you be endued with power. Do you all know what that word endued means? It means to be clothed. He said do not leave that upper room. You go to Jerusalem until you are clothed with power, putting on new clothing, clothed in power. And I want to ask a few questions this morning. And one is, is there at least one thing you'd like to change about the person sitting next to you? What's wrong with y'all? If you're sitting next to someone, there may be something about you, that person 
might want to see change. Well, one thing I do want you to know today, that a believer's life should constantly be changing. A believer's life should constantly be changing. We should not be the same as we were yesterday. We should constantly be moving closer and closer to God. And the truth of the matter is that if we are, we are, we believe and, and if we're constantly changing, and if we're not constantly changing, there's a problem. You know, I, I shared this several years ago, but when, or several months ago, when our children were smaller, we would take them to their well visits. And they would give us this chart, and they would say, your child is in the upper percentile or the lower percentile. We never wanted our children to be in the lower. We always wanted them to be normal, which I don't know if any child is normal, or in the upper percentile. So we were always glad when they said, your child is doing good, because that meant they were growing. That meant they were changing for the good. And, and, and you know, changing is a primary feature of a person who is enjoying the spirit-filled life. That is something that we should be, change is a primary feature of a person who is walking in the Spirit of God. And today I want to look at a Spirit-filled life and why, we allow, why the Spirit-filled life allows us to constantly change. I want to ask you another question. What is the full potential of a human life lived under the full submission of the change of the Holy Spirit. Woo. Have you ever thought about that? I have a picture of the potential. The picture is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is what a human life looks like that is lived under the full submission of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus is the picture of the potential of a changed life filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus is the picture of what every believer should desire to become. That's why I tell you, don't judge yourself by the person sitting beside you. Let your tape measure be Jesus. Some may say, Pastor, that's impossible. No one can be like Jesus. He's the Son of God. I'm only human. So I ask another question. If it were impossible to be like Jesus, then why does the Bible tell us that we need to change into the same image as Jesus? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, But we all, with open face beholding as in in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. John 14 and 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Now Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4 Verse 18, 19, and 21 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, 
In the previous passage from Luke, Jesus was quoting Isaiah chapter 61. Now, the prophecy was given 700 years prior to the coming of the anointed one, Jesus. So on this day, when Jesus quotes this, he is saying, Kevin, he's saying, I am the man. That's what he was, he was quoting that scripture, and he was saying, I am that man. Now, the believer, you and I, we are to be changed or to conform to the image of Jesus. We not only do what he did, but according to John chapter 14, verse 12, greater works than he did shall we do. Why? Because he went to the Father. And when he went to the Father, who did he send us? The Comforter, the Holy Ghost, to endue us with power. And here is the problem we have. We have been convinced, and we have convinced ourselves that it is impossible to be like Jesus. And the reason is, Happy, we don't really believe that Jesus was a human person like you and me. We have a hard time grasping that if he were a real person, then this wouldn't be a problem, right? Well, I've come to tell you today, he was God and he was human. We do not think he was human. We think that he seemed like he was human. Or he looked human, but he really wasn't human. He was pretending. He was really just the Son of God disguised as a human. Jesus was human. He was God in the flesh. He walked this earth just like you and me. And here's the problem is, we view Jesus like we do Superman. We look at Jesus like we do Superman, and he's faster than a speeding bullet. He's more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings and, and a single bound. You all know that. You remember, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's who? Superman. And we tend to think that way, and the problem is Superman pretended to be human. If you know the story of Superman, Superman disguised himself as a man by the name of Clark Kent. He looked like a human, but he was a strange creature from another planet who did not like kryptonite. He had weird, strange powers, abilities beyond those of mortal men, but here's the problem. That's how we view Jesus. And that's a false view. And the reason I say it's a false view was when I was a kid, I loved to be Superman. I mean, literally. I remember my mom would take bathroom towels and she would pin them around my shoulders. Some of y'all shaking your heads. You've done the same thing. Like, I never knew that Superman had like flowered capes, but he did in my house. Whatever towel was clean and in the closet and whatever one was long enough to be a cape, that's what I used. But I pretended I could fly, Chris. I pretended that I had x-ray vision. I pretended that, that bullets would bounce off my chest. I, I would bend steel. I would actually get, uh, my mom would get mad because I would bend spoons. I didn't know no better. I, it was steel and I was Superman. And I could leap tall buildings in a single bound. 
Superman was cool. He still is. But I could never be like Superman because Superman was not human. He was not real. And most people view Jesus like we do Superman. Not human and not real. Often we see Jesus with the big J on his chest. And for some reason... We think that his humanity was only a disguise. Church, he was human. And it's totally, I mean, it's contradictory to the, 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 what, the, you know, than what the word teaches when we do not believe he was human. Because beyond that, do you not think that it would be totally unfair that God would tease us about changing into the image of something we can never achieve? It would be a lie. And the truth is, Jesus is real, and he walked this earth as a real human being. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says that seeing then that that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. All. There's not one temptation that we've ever faced that he had not faced. All points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we are, yet without sin. Every human being is tempted, Patty. Jesus knows about temptation. Here's what I love about Jesus. You study him in the gospel, he changed. He was a boy and he grew up and become a man. Not only that, Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus had to learn things. Unlike Superman, Jesus got tired. Unlike Superman, Jesus got hungry. Jesus got thirsty. Bullets and spears did not bounce off of Jesus. In fact, he bled. In fact, he cried and he knew loneliness. He knew anguish. Jesus knew rejection. And he died. Jesus was a real person. So the question is, How did he do all that he did if he was just like me? And the answer is the Spirit-filled life. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The purpose of being having a spirit-filled life and the Holy Spirit dwelling within us is so that we can do what Jesus did and even do more. Jesus was baptized and the, we know the story, the, the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And I think it's interesting that after the Holy Ghost descends upon Jesus, the, after the Holy Ghost descends upon Jesus, God speaks from heaven and says, This is my son, whom I'm well 
please. You see, the secret to Jesus' power in his life and in his ministry is that he lived in partnership with the Holy Ghost. You see, Jesus allowed the Holy Spirit to change his life. Jesus was conceived by the Spirit. I mean, he was baptized in the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Every time he went out to minister, he ministered by the Spirit. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 says that Jesus drove out evil spirits by the Spirit. Jesus was a real human being who experienced the Spirit-filled life. Someone once said the success of Christ's ministry and life was that he was changed by the Spirit. Now let's look at King David. We've been talking about this character quite a bit on Wednesday nights. He was anointed. But was not without sin. So my question is, is, can God use people that are not perfect? I sure hope so. Can not so perfect people be anointed? I sure hope so. In the Old Testament, when a person was to be set apart or to serve God, somebody that would represent God would take a container of this stuff right here. And normally it was in an animal's horn. And they would fill it with oil and they would pour that oil over the person's forehead. And what that was saying when they did that is, this person has a mission from God. We are anointing them to do the mission that God has placed upon their life and they've been set apart by God and they've been equipped by God. And what God was saying when they would pour the oil over them and anoint them is, is I'm going to change you so that I can use you. That's why being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important because that's God's way of saying, I'm going to change you so I can use you. There's nothing magic about this oil when we use it. No one put oil on Jesus. The oil is just simply a picture that God used for, free, for future reference. The anointing was always... For a purpose. The priests were anointed to minister to God's people. Kings were anointed to lead God's people. In 1 Samuel chapter 6 verse 13 it says, Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed David in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, Samuel said, David, you're the man. You have a mission from God and when he poured the oil and anointed him, David's brothers thought, that's not the man. That's the little ruddy kid that's been out in the field. But the Bible says that from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. David's life changed from glory to glory until he fulfilled the anointing. There will always be people that do their best to damage our anointing. 
as you have to remember the moment when the anointing happened and you have to remind yourself, I'm changed. Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry, he said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. So Jesus was changed by the Spirit. David was anointed and David was successful because of the Spirit of God. David, the mission of the Spirit, it's not ended with us. It's not over. God is still calling us to be filled. The anointing of the Spirit of God has not ended. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 21, 22, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us in God, who hath also sealed us and give, given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. We are changed, church. We are born again by the Spirit. Nicodemus couldn't understand it. We are baptized by the Spirit. We are anointed by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. We minister by the Spirit, just like Jesus. Paul said in Romans 8, 11, If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Today, we are God's anointed. We are changed. There is more to being a Christian than just forgiveness of sins. I think I need to say that again. There is more to being a Christian than just forgiveness of sins. There is a changed life. A life that is changed will witness. And I'm not talking about with your mouth. I'm talking about with your life. The changed life will minister to hurting people. The changed life will serve people. When we first become a believer, the changes are just what Nate sung, the evidence. We, we stop doing things that we know are hurting the Father. We, we, we invite people to church and tell them to come with us. We, we talk about our faith. We pray. We try to help people. We find ways to serve. But something happens. And we stop. We still come to church. But we stop changing. We feel like we come to a place that, bless God, I've done it for 27 years and I have arrived. If you've arrived, never mind. I let it filter before I spoke at this time. But we, can, we, can, we keep coming to church, but we don't change no more. Have you ever wondered why this happens? We were once on fire. Now we've become cool and cold toward the things of God. How many's experienced that? That's why being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time act. 
It is a continual process. We think that because we got filled, I've arrived and God is done with me and I can... No. Paul said, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making medley in your heart for the Lord, giving thanks always for the things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I refer to this portion of Scripture because it's important. Leave that up there, Connie, just for a second. Thank you. For a lot of us in the charismatic Pentecostal church, when I say being filled with the Spirit, the first thing that comes to our mind, I speak in tongues. If that's all you got, you're not growing. In fact, Paul said that's the least of all the gifts. And we've made it our full doctrine. Being filled with the Spirit does not mean you speak in tongues. I heard somebody say one time, devils speak in tongues. I've seen it. <laughs> what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean if somebody comes and asks you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you answer that question? And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It is interesting to me that Paul needed to instruct believers... He's talking to the church, the early church, who had not many days coming from the upper room. And he says, you need to be filled with the Spirit. That word filled is not a one-time action. It is a continual process. These were the believers that received ministry from the apostles who walked with Jesus. I mean... John has ministered in Ephesus. And still, the Apostle Paul needed to go back and tell them to be filled with the Spirit. Obviously, we can all be believers and attend church with the best of ministries, but not be filled with the Spirit. It's possible to be a Christian... And empty. It's interesting to me that on the day of Pentecost, the believers are filled with the Spirit. But then in Acts chapter 4, I think verse 31, they're filled again. They leaked. We are earthen vessels. That's why I say this is not a one-time event. Another point that needs to be made here. Being filled with the Spirit is not just for a few superstar Christians. It's for us all. And the promise is to all. Every believer 
is instructed to be filled with the Spirit. How do you get there from here? It's not automatic. Being filled with the Spirit is not automatic. And a lot of people preach a false doctrine. That, that, and again, they just simply say that it happens at salvation. No. And let me explain. When you are saved, the Spirit of God takes residence inside of you. But that does not mean you are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a separate act of grace. Being filled with the Spirit is something that we all need to participate in. There is not a one-time giving of the Holy Spirit to the believer. Yes, there is a moment, an initial moment of being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. But again, there is so much more than the evidence of speaking in tongues. Tongues is evidence, but that's not the end. And a lot of times... We'll pray for months and months and months to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we'll speak in tongues one time and we'll think we're done. If that were true, then why did Paul tell these believers to be filled with the Spirit? I heard someone once say, that which fills us controls us. That's why Paul's being urgent here. Edna, he's telling them, he's saying, this is urgent. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I mean, it is a command. This is a, and it's kind of an imperative that we, we understand this command. It's, it's got urgency. To be filled with the Spirit is essential to the believer. It's urgent. Why is it so essential? Why is it so urgent? Paul says it's like a person being drunk or filled with wine or a person being filled and full of the Holy Spirit. They're both filled. They're both controlled by something or someone. And something is their, their lives and their behavior is radically changed because of what fills them. What fills us controls us. A person who is filled by alcohol, alcohol will control the thought process. Why did I do that? Because you were drunk. Alcohol. Makes their decision making a whole lot more stupider, as if we needed that. It affects our response. I know when I used to drink, that old statement, you say things when you're drunk, you don't say when you're sober, and you tell the truth when you're drunk. Alcohol, it stirs our emotions. Alcohol, it affects our speech. I love watching cops. They pull some, I'm not a drunk officer. Otis. <laughs> yeah, make Otis ride a cow into town. He got a new horse. But if you ever been around somebody drinking alcohol, the control, I mean, it controls that person in so many negative ways. 
Paul said the Holy Spirit will affect a person in every way that alcohol does, but in a much positive way. If a person is filled with lust, lust controls their life. If a person is filled with anger, anger controls their life. Anger will control their thought process, their decision-making, their, re- their reasoning, their response, their emotions. A person who's filled with greed, greed is going to control their life. Money is going to make their decisions. Money's going to make their responses. Money's going to control their emotions. If a person is filled with love, guess what? Love is going to control their life. What fills us controls us. What are we filled with today? I promise you that you'll know if it's not the Spirit or not. Paul gives this command to be filled with the Spirit. And he uses a passive voice when he uses it. I mean, you know that when you give a command, it can kind of be active or it can be passive. For parents, you speak to your children and you say, go clean your room. That is not passive. That's active. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, does not say, feel yourself with the Spirit. Paul says be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. If there is someone that wants to fill us with the Spirit, then we cannot fill ourselves. It's not fill yourself with the Spirit, it's be filled with the Spirit. So how do I respond? How do I get from there to here? I cannot fill myself with His Spirit, but you know what I can do, David? I can make myself fillable. If I want to take my truck and fill it with fuel, what do I do? I tell the fuel tank. I do. Be filled with fuel. But if I don't put my truck in a fillable position, it's not going to be filled. How many people has just not paid attention and run out of gas in their vehicle? Talena, don't answer that. Anybody ever done that before? Christians, we're that way. We're that way. We become so absorbed with the things of this world that we don't even realize how low our tank is on the Spirit. We become filled with the world. We become filled with everything else. And in an emergency, I need to go to church. I need to get enough just to get me through this week. We'll do a little prayer. We'll do a little praise. But seldom do we pull to the, the, the filling station and say, fill it up. We go through life in emergency mode, church. How many has a spouse that every time you get in their vehicle, the gas light comes on? Don't answer that, Selena. 
Every time I get in her car, she's in emergency mode. <laughs> I'll be fixing my own sandwich today. That's the way we are. We don't we know when our tank is low. We know when we're not where we're supposed to be. We know when the Spirit of God's not feeling. I mean, it, He wants to run out of us. I mean, we have been so used to just not being filled. And it's time for the Fountain of Life Worship Center to be full of filled people. And it's not going to happen until we position ourselves at the pump. I was reading Acts chapter 2, and I noticed that before the people were filled with the Spirit, the house was filled. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We need the sound of the Spirit in our church. What is the sound of the Spirit? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making medley in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things of God. We often sing, but is it really from the heart? When we sing from the heart, there is a, a, an energy that is released in the atmosphere. There is a presence that provokes praise and provokes worship. When we sing from the heart, there is a feeling that, that just takes place. That, that leave, And not only does it fill this room, but it leaves with us when we go. On the day of Pentecost, the believers have positioned themselves at the pump. And they made themselves fillable. Selena, if you'll come to the piano. Are we fillable? Are you fillable? Ephesians 5.18 Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Then the Apostle Paul says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making medley in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Paul gave us some some instructions about being filled with the Spirit. He said it included singing from the heart. He said giving thanks to God. When is the last time we truly gave God thanks? We just sung that song, The Goodness of God. When is the last time we have thanked Him for the small things in our life? 
The things that, that we may think are just, just simple and doesn't matter, but there's a lot of people that don't even have that. Submitting ourselves to one another. That doesn't mean that Angie can call me and use me anytime she wants to. That just means when Angie's in need or when Angie needs help, I'm submitted to her because we're part of the body. I'm submitted to Happy. I'm submitted to Larry because we're part of the body. Being filled with the Spirit, and I think we've got this completely out of context a lot of times. It doesn't mean that I have more of the Spirit. We say that a lot, Randy. I got more of the Spirit. No, when we truly open ourselves and submit ourselves, the Spirit has more of us. And that's what God's looking for. How much of you does God's Spirit have today? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Are you filled with the Spirit of God this morning? Being filled with the Spirit of God does not happen with just one little sip. Just like wine, one little sip does not make someone drunk. In every situation, being filled requires time. It requires remaining in a position to receive filling. One of the biggest things I hate, and it seems like it always happens, when I need to be somewhere, I need gas. I don't care... I could drive by 10 gas stations in three days, but the moment I need to be somewhere, I need to stop at a gas station. How many needs baptized in the Holy Ghost this morning? I see those hands. How many need their tanks filled this morning? If you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost or you need your tanks filled, I want you to come to this altar. And I want you just to stand, if you can, and raise your hands. And they're going to start this song out in the chorus. And we're going to sing from our heart. We're going to make medley in our heart to the Lord this morning. We're going to give thanks to God for all things. And we're going to make a pact with God in this church that we're going to submit ourselves to one another. If that's your prayer this morning, I want you to come. I put yourself at the pump this morning to be filled.
Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.